Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It's the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, coming to you from an undisclosed location. Unfortunately, I cannot be with the group today. I'm going to turn it over to my good buddy, Eddie Guevara, for the introductions and the setup for what's going to turn out to be a great topic of discussion today. So, Eddie, take it away. Hey, guys. How's everybody out there? All right. Hi, everybody. All right, guys. Uh, Good question. Everything is, I see is coming and I see Chuck is doing a lot of new performances and Chuck's Corners and Cherry's Sea Monkey Review. Uh, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about it, Chuck. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, I've been doing some shows over the weekend, and we've been taking our daily walks. We walked today about two miles with our son's dog, and uh, we tried to film a Chuck's Corner last night at the uh, at the storage unit, but it was a little noisy. There was another, there was a couple people who were putting packages into their unit, and every time we started filming, there was loud bangings and all kind of. They it were was... talking loud on their phone. It was just a mess. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So we had to pack it up. So so today after the podcast, we're going to go back out. I'm going to try and make a pretty cool Chuck's Corner. It's about uh, uh, defying gravity. And one of the things I'm going to do is a self uh, is a self levitation where I hold a cloth up and I and I uh, visibly float up off the ground. And when I drop one end of the cloth, both my feet are visible and are actually moving. And there are no fake shoes, fake feet involved. There's no wires or strings. It's very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I go up about three feet off the ground. I'm about, I'm close to six foot tall. So, so my head's going to be like nine foot off, <laughs> off the ground there. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, it, might be, it might be hitting off the top of the unit. I don't, I don't know. know. So we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> the best part about that is all the energy you're using to float up in the air you know, you can accidentally come crashing down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a sixty. I'm almost sixty years old here. You I don't, need to get to don't lose your stuff. concentration. <laughs> yeah, right into his magic stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, that would be a blooper. Oh my. Oh, that that be, would be hilarious. That would be so sad. <laughs> we'll, we'll get uh Michael Myers to go in there and just you know run his saw around the area so you can get. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But, uh, I have a quick question now. <laughs> I, Jason, you sent me not too long ago an email, and it was uh, you were sending me a photograph of the house. Uh, tell us a little bit of how your search is going with that, and what you're doing to see if you can find one of those legendary mail order courses called Icondo. Yeah, I I still don't understand why this course is proving to be almost impossible to find any info on because it it was advertised for years. People must have bought it, but um, I managed to. I was going through old copies of. Um, Marvel had a martial art comic back in the 70s called Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, I think. And I was going through the ads over the years, um, 74, 75, and 76. And in the one of the early 76 issues, the address for the Icondo mail order had changed from a place in Vermont to a place in New Jersey because all mail order moves to New Jersey Eventually, I guess. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. So I went on Google Maps and tracked down the address for that. And it's a little a little bungalow house, so it's a little residential house. And I did some searching on property sales on that house and a little bit of searching to see who had previously lived at that address. And I tracked down a, 
uh, I guess he's about 94 years old at this point. Hopefully he's still alive. Um, he's not living at that house anymore, but he's moved to a house uh, a couple of miles away, still in New Jersey. Um, but he doesn't have a phone number. So I had to write up a, a, a letter and include a self-addressed stamped envelope for his response. And hopefully he'll get back to me. And maybe maybe he's the one of the authors of Icondo. Well, you know, it's kind of funny when you say Vermont, because I, I realized uh, there is a Vermont, New Jersey. And when I had mentioned uh, to you on the email that I was going to pass by there, I was thinking it was <laughs> Vermont, New Jersey. Now I realize you said Vermont, the state, because I do know that the Icondo was over here at a Union City at one time. I seen an ad with it, and I think I emailed you on that. But, um, you know, within my square mile area, you could say the Joe Weeder, uh, you know, the one that I think was called Dynamic uh, Something Tension Course. I forgot the exact name of it with the... Oh, the, the t- Terror Self-Defense Course? No, no, no. It wasn't a self-defense course. It was like a powerlifting course and it had mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying like two women, one in each arm. <laughs> and, and I think it's called Dynamic uh, Something Course. If I'm correct, I don't remember exactly because I wasn't like a big, big fund of uh, I wasn't like that really fond of, uh, like you know, weightlifting courses and stuff. I was more like into the novelties and the seven foot monsters. But I always saw constantly the most iconic, which is the uh, famous Charles Atlas, you know, uh, almost every comic had him. But yeah, they, a lot of those mon- not not you call them, that monster, but a lot of those uh, martial arts. Uh, powerlifting courses came in and, and they always, always, always promised you um, or should I say almost always promised you that you it was bigger than life, you're going to get extra power, you will become the envy of all your friends, you will be attracted by women, you know mm-hmm. uh, you'll be an attraction to women and not attracted by you, you'll be an attraction to women and um, you know it's you know, I'm I'm kind of getting a loss for words here, which is kind of funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's a that's a first, huh? <laughs> that, that is uh, that is kind of interesting right now. But the whole thing is that um, any core, anytime you open the comic and you saw something, especially, I never, I will never forget the one on our house sold that was Muscles of Steel, a pocket gym that was supposed to slap on you. Inches and inches of muscles. Uh, oh, wow. All it really was, it was a rubber band. Not a rubber band, it's like a big, thick rubber. Oh. And they had two handles on each side. Oh, my. Yep. a picture of the original inside Mail Order Mysteries by Craig Damaris. And, you know, and this was supposed to slap inches and for only a dollar, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> everything, you, everything that you looked at promised you uh, a different life. Or some change in in everything that you did by ordering. Yeah. Weeder, Weeder actually, he went so far over the line on what he advertised that the the post office took him to court in '72. Wow! And he had he had to change his advertising for his. He had been selling this course for I think 12 years at that point with the yeah. same ads that were promising that as soon as you read it, you'll be a deadly fighter. <laughs> Are you talking about the Icondo guy? No, no, that's a, the Weeder. The Weeder yeah, ads for his, oh, his yeah. deadly self-defense course. He had oh, the, the post office took him to court, and uh, they won because wow. he had, for false advertising. Wow. Is he is he still alive, Jason? Probably not. I no, say. no, he he died a few years ago. Okay, because his wife was Betty Weeder, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, Joe and Betty Weeder. I used to follow bodybuilding back in the '70s and the early '80s. There were some, there were some really great uh, people there: uh, uh, Franco Colombo, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 
uh, uh, Lou Ferrigno and so forth. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I used to, I used to do a lot of weightlifting myself way back in the early to mid eighties and so forth. But yeah, it was cool. Hubba hubba. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I've seen a, a really old photograph of you, Chuck. Oh, kind of, yeah. But, you know, when you guys are talking about that stuff and, you know, especially with Joe, Weed, I think Joe, Weedle, believe it or not, was one of the first people that the government started cracking up on, you know, a crackdown on false advertising, especially in comic books and stuff. And yeah, they did one. And if you notice right after that, as these late seventies came on and early eighties, uh, the crackdown was so much that you didn't see as many ads as early in the, you know, like the mid seventies, early seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were more like, they said more like the truth. They didn't expand on, lies as much as the earlier ones but i gotta admit though i i really one of the things and i guess and i always say it to people that makes house of the unusual even popular with some people is the fact that you're still getting the original lie to products <laughs> that we grew up with. <laughs> yeah. the anticipation of waiting is what made it really great That's and great. If, if they didn't lie to you on the ad there wouldn't really be any anticipation because if you read an ad and say, let's say, for example, like, and it was funny because the Johnson Smith catalog at, in the beginning actually said that the, uh, the you know, the balloon, the seven foot U control ghost was a balloon string and uh, or inflatable head and plastic sheet body. And because of that, as a kid, it turned me off from ordering it, you know, uh, even though the ad looked great and phenomenal later on, I kind of, you know, rotate, you know, want, gravitated towards it and I wanted to order it. But in the beginning, of course, Honor House and the Monster Ghost made a better sale pitch mm-hmm. and it was better. And I went that way. But I'm just saying that mm-hmm. when they started getting truthful, it, it, it really broke down a lot of the mail order stuff in the time. Yeah, definitely. Hey, P.T. Yeah. Barnum said there's a sucker born every minute, right? Yeah. I mean, he had the right idea. <laughs> if you want to make sales, sales. Now, when you say PT, Jason, I want you to elaborate a little bit. When you had mentioned one time a while back, or not a while back, but not too long ago, that Canada's Niagara Falls was not that great of a place to visit anymore. Yeah, there was a. I saw a news article went by. I think this morning that uh, Niagara Falls was rated one of the worst tourist traps in the world. Oh my! <clears throat> because of the expense, or because of not having great. Things. I think because of the expense, um, hmm. which is surprising. I, I remember going to Canada when I was 13 years old to the Niagara Falls. Yeah. I never went back again. But when I was there, when I was 13, the most exciting thing about Canada's Niagara Falls, and I'll never forget this, was one, they had very good looking people. And I'm saying, you know, <laughs> as a kid, as I'm a guy, I, I loved a lot of uh, beautiful women up there. But one thing I'm going to say was that every time I went to pay something, I found it exciting that mm-hmm. if I had an American dollar, it was more than mm-hmm. the Canadian dollar was worth. Mm-hmm. So let's say something was four ninety five, and you paid was like three fifty, and I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember back in around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the Canadian dollar for the first time in my lifetime was higher than the American dollar by a couple of cents. Wow. And it was like. Not only did you get the couple of cents, but you also saved, I think currently now we're 25 cents lower than the American dollar. So it was like a, a bonanza ordering <laughs> stuff and or going across to a New York State and picking up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great. A lot of 
a lot of people, uh, and I have a good friend of mine, has a P.O. box. He's in the borderline between Canada and, and the U.S. Uh, he's towards, I believe, uh, Washington State. And he does have a P.O. box in the, you know, in the Washington State area. And he drives about, you know, 30 minutes uh, to pick up his mail. This way he orders things mm-hmm. and doesn't have to pay for the shipping to Canada, you know. <laughs> shipping in the U.S. is so cheap. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the thing is, if you say, and this is a good example, I shipped a product from here to Canada. And I don't know exactly where it was, but I was shipping to that Laura Legends, the the girl that mentioned me one time in her show. Yeah, sure. And I was shocked because a little thing cost me like 30 bucks. Where over here would cost like six, seven, eight or something like that. Yep. Yep. And, you know, it's it's pretty. It's cheaper for me to get things shipped from the U.S. into Canada than ship things within Canada. It's it's very strange. Yeah, they're, they're... Well, they don't, you guys don't have a postal system there, do you? Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do, but it's not subsidized, I think, the way your your postal system is subsidized okay. down there. Now, the question I'm asking about post, I actually thought it was like private companies that would do, I mean. No, we have Canada Post, which is similar to USPS. But it's so much more expensive. I oh, guess. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, we don't have the numbers, so we're we're a tenth of the size. So you're not seeing the economies of scale, I guess. And we the same amount of land coverage. You have to ship things, but you're shipping many, many less parcels. So that's true. That's true. You know, when I used to sell things years ago, I used to build these flea circuses. As crazy as it sounds, but I used to build these little boxes with uh, with a different uh, like mechanical type effects where the trapezes move. I used to ship those all across the world, and that was about 15 years ago. And do you know what? Even through the United States, when you go the international shipping, it was expensive. I mean, wow. It was like 60 bucks to, just to ship a little flea circus, and that was 20, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know what it would be now, but I shipped to uh, Canada, Switzerland, Italy, Germany. I mean, all across the world, really. You- you should have tried shipping it without the fleece. It might have been less. <laughs> yeah, I should, yeah, I should have cut the fleece. <laughs> with a coupon to send away for the fleas. Yeah, that, that's right. You could have sent away and then you would have had a double sale. There you go. You know, we'll, we'll, I will send you a package of fleas. You get about 10,000 fleas. May or may not have the plague. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, one... Uh, <laughs> When you're saying, Chuck, about that, you reminded me of a story. Uh, before you, I mean, eBay has now a thing called global shipping. And I believe it or not, yesterday I actually ran an ad uh, that if you guys haven't seen, if you go to eBay, you'll be thrown back by it. I was able to print for one of my shows a huge nine foot by five and a half feet wide poster of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> and what I'm talking about is where, where, Frank is, where Glenn Strange and Bella Lugosi are in the McDougal's House of Horror. Oh, that is Costello's standing up. He's like, a, you know, he's kind of frozen. And then he looks and and, and, and the Frankenstein monster's coming to him. He goes like, oh! Uh-huh. Then, uh, you know, and then Bella Lugosi says, stay, or she says, stay. He puts his hand on his chest. <laughs> that picture is big man when i saw that thing come to my house i was like wow man it's nine feet tall five and three quarters feet wide yeah that is that is that is gorgeous that is a beautiful yeah if you look at it jason if you haven't seen it i'm standing in front of the thing it's phenomenal and the best part is i thought it was going to be black and white but when it came it's actually colorized a little bit yeah nice the monster screen you know and then dracula 
um, because of the enormous size, the finger of Drac is slightly pixelated. You can't tell, though, because it just looks like his hand is kind of glowing a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just weird the way it looks, but it, it's really a phenomenal poster, man. And I printed it on outdoor vinyl, like the heavy-duty vinyl that when you go to ball games and stuff, they have on the fence, you know? Yeah. So it's really phenomenal. Uh, like I said, Jason, if you haven't looked at it, take a look at it. It's on the House of the Unusual uh, eBay site. Oh. And just recently, one of the things that got me really pissed off with eBay is that some guy received the package. It says delivered. And he puts in an email saying, oh, he put me, gave me the first negative feedback in probably, I don't know, 10 years. And he put, I never got it. Oh, my. And when I responded, I didn't realize I was responding to it. And I just put there, have you checked your package? What I meant to say is, what do you mean you haven't got it? <laughs> Things says you received it, you know? Yeah. But, um, huh. The thing is, I call eBay and contact them. And they're like, well, we really can't remove like. What do you mean you can't remove it? The guy's lying. It says delivered on your thing. I understand if the guy says he didn't like the way I took, how long I took, or, or you know, I send them a subpar product. But to give mm -hmm. somebody a negative feedback saying yep. I didn't receive it when he did, and the tracking says he did, yep. that's just crazy. Yeah, it seems like to me, you know, because back, like I said, 15 years ago, I used to sell a lot of things on eBay. It seems like all the power was was with mm -hmm. the customers. The customers had the had the power, man. I mean, they could make things up, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, there's no type of uh, how can I say? There's really no defense for the seller. No, I got to be honest with you. Overall, between eBay, Etsy gives you a little bit more defense. Um, because Etsy, I don't, I mean, but then again, here's the difference. It's, it's like saying, uh, you know, Andre the giant and, and freaking the smallest guy in the world. I mean, eBay has 180 million uh, subscribers or members and Etsy has yep. like 75 million. So you're not going to make the same amount of sales as one from the other. The only thing with Etsy is, since it's handmade, you can charge like prices that are a little bit higher than normal. But, you know, the sales on Etsy, I, I know, in fact, I actually know three people that live off of Etsy. Uh, one, I, I'll never forget back in, I don't know, 1980, I mean, 1995, 96, I think it was. I'm in, a, and this is early because I, I used to go to Staples to print a lot of my posters and stuff. And she saw me printing this huge black and white, you know, six foot Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff. And she goes to me, hey, have you ever tried Etsy? And uh, I know, you know what, to be honest with you, this was in 95. This was probably 2005. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking, 90 something. It's still pretty early. Yeah, no, no but, I, but yeah. I know that. <laughs> I, I remember I used to post my pictures on eBay on Photo Bucket and then have a link to the picture. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That's right. It was around that era. And I think Etsy was just making a, a beginning, and, you know, just starting out. And anyway, so she said to me, have you ever tried Etsy? And I, what she did is, I'll never forget this because it was, it was crazy. Um, she, like I said, again, I'll, I'll repeat this. I'm not sure of the year when it was because it seems like it was a very long time ago. But it could have definitely been like in mid-2000, whatever. Or a little more like 2010 around there, but give or take. But the whole thing is, she made 11 by 17 stencils for baby rooms. And she had all her stencil at 25% off sale. 
So her regular price was $34.95. And I guess with the 35 or 25% off, you got it for like $29.30, whatever. But I got to tell you something. I was shocked when I saw the actual website. And I'll tell you why. Because she had said to me that she was working as a legal secretary and she had quit her job to do Etsy full time. And I'm saying to myself, man, this lady's really pulling my leg here. Really? And I got home and I checked it out. She had over, I think it was 27,000 sales. Wow. And I was like, what? So I've seen, in fact, there's quite a few people. If you go to Etsy, quite a few people that have thousands of sales. And one of the things that's really fascinating about Etsy that I do like this part of it, it allows you to sell digital products. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, person purchases and they download the product where you having to ship it. Right. I think eBay in the beginning, there was a time eBay allowed that and then they kind of made it tangible. It had to be physical products and, you know, things did change a little. But, you know, like yep. anything said, um, you have to find the right avenue to sell in. And right now, to be honest with you, I- I'm trying to figure out how to do this where I can just go on my side and do it directly from my side, find the right advertising for it and stuff without having to use eBay and and maybe even Etsy because I do hate and it really gets you annoyed when you have things like this, which is just not right. I do understand, like I said, hey, I took forever to send the product out. I forgot to send it. The guy received the wrong product. But, I mean, this guy didn't even contact me. And that's another nope. thing. eBay recently said in one of their, I think like a year ago, that sellers were going to, before that you were allowed to get a negative feedback, the, the person had to prove they contacted the seller. Right. This guy just went, boom, gave me the feedback and bypassed the whole thing. So I don't understand how eBay cannot remove that. I, I mean, I'm going to try again because it makes me so angry that I feel like closing the store. I, I actually did close the store that I had on eBay because I was paying for a store subscription and I went down and I closed the store due to the fact that that feedback, it just pissed me off that eBay does that just because of one particular idiot out there, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's basically what it's so. Jason, uh, you know, another thing I wanted to quickly ask you since you mentioned, you mentioned Anaconda and stuff like that. Other than that, did you get any other mail order courses you'd like to tell us about? Um, I have, well, I have a copy of the Weeder course coming in, should be here next week. Um, but that's, I think I'm starting to get to the bottom of the barrel. Um, <laughs> have you really gotten everything? I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think there's only oh. a few, a few outstanding ones that, and some of them are so common that I could pick them up anytime. So there's no fun there really, but. You know, well, yeah, that, that is kind of crazy that you actually could say that. I mean, me... <laughs> I've been trying to get to the bottom of the barrel yeah. for 40 years. You know, when you mentioned earlier that when all those ads are together and you said, you know, these people advertise for 10, well, not didn't say 10, 20 years, but I mean, for years. Yep. Now, if I recall, and this is from the words of the guy himself who used to run DC Comics, uh, BS. His name is B, B, B. I'll say the first name Bernie. I'm not going to give any information because I don't know if he's, I'm sure he's probably not alive anymore, but he was a DC for 37 years. And one thing he said to me is, How much do you think the one, two inch ads used to cost in the early 70s? And I, I, I asked him that because when he was quoting me the price of 
the fun factory ad with Lou and, and, you know, that was five grand. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, man, why did it go up so much? And he goes, do you know what was the price? That's when the, you know, the question came in. He asked me the question and I said, no. He says, well, for about a one inch, it used to be between four to $700. Oh my. So I was like, really? So that's another thing that really got me when I, to thinking because here the melting company ran the seven foot ghost ad that you would obviously send the dollar for. Now you guys got to remember the shipping was 25 cents with the dollar you're sending in. He's, he's getting covered for the cost of the envelope, the ghost being produced and he's making a profit. That's amazing. Because otherwise he would have said two ninety five, Right. And with the dollar, he must've been getting hundreds and hundreds of, uh, you know, yeah, orders. thousands and thousands of orders. And, right, Never. exactly. And, and, you know, it ran for at least 10 years. Same thing with the ad for the seven foot monster robot plants. So, my question is where are all the people yeah. that order that stuff? Like, where have they gone? I mean, I've, of all the collectors we have on, you know, on the show, collectors that write to me over the years, I've had quite a few, like over 30, 40 people have said, hey, I remember I ordered the seven foot ghost. I ordered this and that. And I yeah, yeah. question is, where's the other 2000? You know? <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing greater that, that I, I mean, to me, if I could find the instructions for the honor house, even though I have the honor house ghost, but I lost the instructions in a fire in 19, I think it was 95. Um, and one of the things I'm going to say is it will be phenomenal because I do remember that the instructions for the ghost were very interesting. The, I mean, the one with Honor House, and I'll tell you why, because it had, I, this is what I still remember from it. It had a window, and where the window was, and this was um, really, really cool. The window, I saw myself, and I'm looking at the, and this is what I saw, because I remember in my mind the breakup of it. Oh, you know, it had a, a, a rocking chair. It had, it was in a room that it seemed to have been light outside. It wasn't completely dark outside, but there was the image of the ghost rising from the floor up. It had no face or anything, but it looked like a bedsheet ghost kind of. And it was really like a scary looking picture. So even though that the ghost, when I got it in a small envelope and it had the balloon and the control line inside, um, you know, wrapped around by a rubber band. So it's basically an eight and a half sheet of uh, paper folded in the middle with a rubber band around it. And it had the sheet folded inside along with all that stuff. It's still in my mind was like, wow, I can't wait to put this together. There's got to be some magic to it. That's going to make it because the picture was really phenomenal. And I would love to get of any of the ghost ads would be an original honor house ad and even when I went to Honor House, and I remember telling the guy who was in the warehouse, "Do you have any? Do you have any?" I just wanted the Honor House, uh, you know, a copy, yeah. not a, not the um, the instructions. And apparently, he went back there, couldn't find any. But yeah, having said that, I'm going to tell you straight out right now that there is, and it blows my mind how you. It's so hard that I got to go 40 plus years looking for the this you know, seven foot robot plan instruction mm -hmm. have people that said, I used to have it as a kid, but yet nobody has a copy. Yeah. It's crazy. Nothing's kept, but yet if you see an Ertl building kit from 1930, the instructions <laughs> are somewhere. 
Like, yep. what is the deal, man? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, hey, even with the field of magic, I mean, to actually hit the bottom of the barrel, like uh, like Jason's saying, that's it's pretty much near impossible because, I mean, there's there's been so many magic companies throughout the years that go back to the 1800s. I mean, that there's still magic props around. You know what? That I've only read about and I've only seen vague pictures of them. You know, and and so yeah, so it depends on how much how much you want to spend. I mean, if you if you have you know you know pockets that never end, you could, mm-hmm. you could acquire some of this stuff. That's yeah. why what I end up doing is I end up building these things. You know, like like the Antonio Diavolo. I mean, John Gaham has the original one. You know what? And so I just figured, well, I'm going to sit down and build this thing, and I just drew out like the blueprints of it and so forth. So if I can't have it, I'll build it. <laughs> That's yeah. what you always do. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, uh, it's funny that you say we'll build it. I, I recently came across, I'm not going to say how the magic is performed uh, to destroy in case somebody out there wants to buy it or if somebody's selling one. I'm not going to say, oh, this is what it is. But I came across a ghost cabinet that I bought, I don't know, a while back. I had never opened. And, you know, I went ahead in the kitchen. I opened up this box after having it for over a year or two. <laughs> and I do the trick and I go, wow, this is really cool, you know? So I run into the room and I tell my wife, honey, honey, you got to watch this. Magic, right? <laughs> I set it up in the counter and lo and behold, the trick part of it breaks off. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she goes, well, there goes your trick. I go, yep, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, whoa, I, I definitely will not make it as a magician, you know. Yeah. But um, it got me really pissed off because of the fact they broke. But Chuck, I did email you some of the photographs I of it. I saw them. I I saw. Yeah, there was. It was a nice looking cabinet. Yeah, the uh, the top door, like you said, went in a little bit too far. It went in a little bit too far. But it was it was a nice looking cabinet. You know what? It's a very nice uh, for the people that that are listening out there. I'm not going to tell the secret, but it uh, once you open up the cabinet, there's a glass. There's a see through drinking glass on one side and there's a, a ball that goes on the other side of the cabinet oh. and they're, they're both placed on the floor of the cabinet when you close up the front lid and you say your magic words or whatever when you reopen the front door the ball is now resting inside of the glass you go yeah so that's so that's yeah. the trick you know and it's a nice it's a nice effect i mean i have built one i built yeah. a few throughout the years and i've it's used nice. them and you know particularly around halloween time and, yeah and, and it always mm-hmm. been a great response yeah, it is. It uh, it is, and, and and you know, kind of funny. Um, one of the things, and, and you have to really, really check this out, is that a lot of people that make magic, when you look at the items they use to create the magic tricks, just because they name it and the prices they charge, yeah, it's insane. I know. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I noticed in recent years, probably the last fifteen years or so. Some of these prices. And I feel bad for kids getting into magic nowadays. I mean, way back in the 70s, late 70s, I was a paper boy by 1977, 78. And you know what? The magic was affordable. I mean, I would save from my paper uh, boy money and I'd order and I'd, and I'd buy like a professional trick or two here and there. Mm-hmm. Now, well, now forget it. I mean, you're talking three, $400 for the same trick that I paid $25 for. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, j- just think like you're saying, Chuckle, like I was telling you, when people are sending away for like the goals back in the 70s, a dollar, a dollar would actually go that far. Would go that far. And, and you got the, uh, you know, that was phenomenal. And when you, think about it, you know, <laughs> yeah. What was a dollar in 1975? 
Yeah, it, yeah. Was it what, what? What did you say, uh, Jason? No, I was just curious to see what a dollar. So a dollar in nineteen seventy-five would be about five sixty today. So okay. Oh, that could change. okay. That's that's nice. true. I could see why for a dollar you would get uh the full size and 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 all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's great, but um, I mean, I wish it was like that today. Today, it's uh. Unfortunately, we're not living in the same era, you know. <laughs> and uh, postage, postage has gone up. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it keeps going the up. Stamps keep going stamps up. keep going up here postage, every yeah. year in the United States. I think they just took a turn again. They yeah. jump, they jumped up. They're and, jumping up. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it'll it'll never end. You know, and uh, if I had a room or several rooms to hold all the magic I built throughout the years, I mean, it would be unbelievable. I shipped out uh, quite a few packages. Um, Sherry, did you have a question about Eddie's? Uh... Yeah, Eddie, I had a question for you. What are you going to do with that nine by five foot post it poster? Where are you going to? I put act- I actually put it on eBay right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I started with a minimum bid of ninety nine cents, and a buy now of four hundred and twenty five, which is way below what I paid to create it. Okay. But um, I'm going to see if I can uh, sell it. But, and the best thing is that, you know, anytime you make something like that for a convention or stuff like that, the problem is, what are you going to do with it afterwards, you know? Exactly. But, uh, Jason, have you uh, had a chance to look at the computer and see it? Uh, I was just loading it up, and it says the store is not active. Oh. No, the, I, I shut down the stores, just the listing. I, uh, I shut it down because of what I had mentioned earlier. Um. That, you know, I'm, I'm, I just hate the fact that it, you know. There shouldn't be a feedback there that I don't deserve. If I deserve it, I'm yep. fine. But I'm not going to pay eBay $10, $14 a month in store fees for them mm-hmm. to allow somebody to do that to me without a reason and tell me they cannot remove it when they could remove it. And like I said, oh, it's the experience they say that you know everybody should be eligible to put their experience. Well, guess what? He received it. He's lying about his experience. No, I know what it says. Delivered. Why are you still going to allow them to give me a negative feedback? Yeah, like I said, Eddie, that that was one of the reasons I I kind of quit them years ago. All the power was with the customers. I mean, it's you know, it can't it can't work like that. Yeah, the customer says they didn't get it, whatever. But um, other than you know, having said that, it, it's kind of an and you know, Jason, um, how do you think? How good are you up to the task? Of doing some research on the melting company, man. I can give it a shot. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll tell you, I, I can tell you. you look at it. In the 1970s, early 70s, he was out of Chicago, Illinois, and he was located at 33 Wabash Avenue and 55 East Washington Street. Huh. Now that's it's one building. I can tell you because I actually drove down there just to find out. It's a it's one building with two addresses. One side of the building is in Wabash Avenue. The other side of the building is in Washington Street. Now, that particular place, okay, had a P.O. Box rental place upstairs. I think it was on the 17th floor. And that's where the melting guy used to work out of. At the same time, in the mid-70s, he moved down apparently to Florida. But I think there 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 were times where he was running ads in both Chicago and Florida at the same time. But, and this is the big but, 
<laughs> he did move down to Florida, and the one that he finally stayed in was P.O. Box D and E. <laughs> now, P.O. Box D and E are located on the 13th Street, Washington Street. Again, it's Washington Street. Post office, main post office in Miami Beach. Ooh. It's the only post office in Florida that still actually has P.O. Boxes D and E. I do believe they might have recently changed that to a number about a year or two ago. Because I did go down there this recently, uh, a few months ago, that I went with my wife and daughter. And I, I was trying to take some pictures inside the post office. And I saw where P.O. Box D was. Because you could see it's like, see this post office, when you walk into it, it has a big rotunda in the interest. And all the P.O. Boxes are there. Wow. So you don't have to go like in the back to go. So, you know, the P.O. Box DNE was the size of a drawer. So it was a very big P.O. Box. It was the, it's the largest one they have. Wow. And um, I guess the guy must have gone. I, I know that the lady who worked there, I don't know, she retired a few years ago. And I was bothering her since I was three. Oh, no, I would go every year, I would go down and go, hey, her name was Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. Did you find? And she goes, Eddie, I I haven't I haven't found. Let's ask this other person. So we always went for a clue, but she did tell me I I'll never forget the Melton Company, and the reason I don't forget him is because, and this is exactly what she said, I was pregnant at the time with one of my children, and every time I would open up or get an envelope, it was full of change. It would break open, and the change would fall all over. Bend down and pick it up. <laughs> but that is that was a funny story. It looks like you got your assignment for you, uh, Jason. Yeah, geez. <laughs> well, no, Jason. I, I can try. I mean, in my my the the things I tried for finding the book I was trying to find didn't work out so well yet. But I can maybe well, maybe they'll work for Eddie's stuff. Yeah. maybe. You know, you said here's the funny thing, and I said to you guys, I was sitting with Dave Harvest one day. In a, in a mall in northern Jersey here. It's called Garden State Plaza. And we were sitting in the parking lot and we're looking through the old Fun Factory um, phone book from the eight, 70s. And lo and behold, we find that there's the name of the Melton Company, but it didn't have a particular name. It just said the Melton Company and it had a phone number. Man, I called that number in Florida and guess what? Of course, at that time, it was years and years and the phone number obviously wasn't there. Hmm. So um, I started looking and calling different Melton people in the area like I did. Oh, my goodness. And I, you know, when I searched out Luke Wise. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I was a lot better when I was younger in searching, finding people. But then again, there were paper trails, you know. Yeah. Like you go to a bank and the, the banks kept their documents for 10 years or whatever it was. Um, and you would be able to find information. But after... Uh, we more became a little more modern and stuff. Uh, then what happened was is most banks and a lot of those people that did keep records after three or four years discarded them. And, and you know, so then nobody was going to say, hey, I've been here. Or that was also a time when somebody worked in a bank and they were there 30 years, you know. Yeah. Uh, those days have changed. So now in order to search something, even though right now with the Internet, it might be possible there's a 90% chance that finding a person today, uh, they will probably be dead. Um, oh my. Uh, because <laughs> of the years that let's, let's put it this way from 2000 
uh, I would say 2000, yeah, the year 2005, 2000, something like that, to the present, a total of about, I, I would say almost every mail-order person passed away. Edwin Wagman from Honor House passed yeah. away 20 years ago. Uh, Charles Atlas, the guy Roman, Charles Roman, the, oh, yeah. who was the partner, passed away. Um, the, you know, when you're looking at the, the, the fun factory, not the fun factory, the, the fun house, Jack Abel passed away. Um, the, 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 you could say, kind of say that other than, than me, Craig Tarbeck, Lou Weiss, of course, and Lou Weiss was the original owner of the fun factory and Craig Tarbeck was like the CEO of Johnson Smith for about 40 years. Uh, they're still there. They're very up in age, but the only person that technically is still in business, even though I would say he's really not in business, but technically still say he is, is the guy that owns the Abracadabra Magic Shop. And he is still, you know, going around. But other than that, you know, any original mail order company would just be House of the Unusual because I came from the Fun Factory and, you know, I still have the original products in the 70s. Yeah, you have a million mail order houses out there today, but everything's new. You're not going to get the seven foot monsters, the six foot Frankenstein, the Dracula. And I, I keep them alive, not because I'm making any money on them, really. Uh, you know, you make very little, but the fact you want to keep those products so that people can remember them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. will still be there, you know. Nice. Mm -hmm. One of my surprises, one of the biggest sellers out there right now is the surprise package. I mean, that that's really, and I keep getting orders for the surprise package. And I'm like, oh, back in the day, it was used for when you couldn't sell things in your store. Yeah. Or you couldn't sell <laughs> oh, things yeah. in your Unload. Yeah, that's what you unload through the surprise package. But, you yeah. know, nowadays, I actually put things that are worth the surprise package. And I noticed that it's for some reason, people like the, uh, the idea of getting a surprise in the mail and stuff so much that if mm. you look online at any given time, 10-inch magic shop lifts off their surprise package, you know? Um, you have so many other magic shops that try to incorporate an idea of surprise and stuff, and they sell you like a black box uh, for $25. You're going to get there. And every time I look at it, I feel like ordering it, even though that I've ordered already. I actually ordered four 10-inch magic shop surprise boxes, of which I left two sealed like uh, Jay Abram did. Right. Abram, the movie producer, yeah. he said that when he was a kid, his father bought him one. Mm -hmm. To this day, is still sealed. I would love to open that to see what it's there. Because I mean, we're talking 40 years ago, whatever. But the Tannins Magic Shop surprise packages, when I opened two of them, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> are you really getting your money's worth? Are you getting things that just didn't sell well, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the idea that you're getting a surprise has always been a fascinating and I think that's why uh, idea and that's why I think if you guys notice one of the best things that works on YouTube is when it says um, unboxing something you know you get thousands of hits in, in that particular thing but you know mm -hmm. people what, love those videos yeah but one thing Jason especially from <clears throat> your neck of the woods you're the only person that I've known so far that has collected I mean personally uh, all the martial arts books or trying to. The only other person is that there was, and I think you told me you, you're familiar with the article I'm talking about 
a few years ago that was written by a famous uh, writer mm -hmm. called The World's Deadliest Ads. Remember that yeah. article? Yeah, I emailed that guy and he got back to me because I was wondering if he had actually gotten any of the content or if he just had the advertising and he only had the advertising. Huh. Oh, so there you go. That he makes never you put anything together. I, well, I did track down on the um, on a bodybuilding Charles Atlas bodybuilding um, forum. There was one guy who posted that he he said he had the greatest collection of of self-defense and bodybuilding courses in the world. So I was like, oh boy, I'm going to contact this guy. So the forum is kind of half dead. I couldn't create an account, oh but it had his real name associated with his account. So then I looked him up and I found, managed to trace him down and found the, the guy who was associated with it. And it turned out he had died at like age 45. He was, a, he died really young. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So I traced down his sister on, on Facebook. Oh, jeez. And I was like, well, you don't know me, Ben. It's kind of weird, but. Uh -huh. I, this guy was really proud of his collection and if if you were ever going through it and you wanted some help to to price it or to to move it along or things like that i might be able to help and she got back to me but she hasn't gotten back to me since then so she said uh -huh. it's hard to go through his his stuff oh okay wow. wow you got you guys borderline on stalking <laughs> <laughs> no well I don't, I don't think I'd want to know too much. You know? Well, you, you got to take a light hand on these things. I know what it would feel like if you're somebody, hey, or your brother died and give me his stuff. Uh, yeah. I think if <laughs> I, that wouldn't work very well. So I think if I was some old sick man and somebody contacted me, hey, I see you had, you were talking about Inverti stuff 25 years ago and I'm old and I don't feel good. I said, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was wondering with the 94 year old guy, whether or not he's going to just read my letter and, yeah, and consider himself lucky he didn't get scammed or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh -huh. He he probably gonna you know with today he'll probably think it's a scam. I mean, yep. how many yeah. people are gonna write a letter? L let me tell you one thing, and you know what you're saying about all that stuff and finding old stuff. Unlike you, that you actually got a positive thing, like a, the girl says, "Oh, my brother has so much things." At least you have hope. With me, <laughs> yeah, with the robot plant, no hope. Yeah. yeah. I've contacted many people, but then again, Jace, it, it all depends where you are and you know, the person, but this is what I got. When I contacted Jack Abel's wife about the fun factory, a fun house in Newark, New Jersey, which is 30 minutes away from me, I could tell you this much. What I got from her is, you know, to be honest with you, older lady, uh, my husband collected, he had a big business. I know nothing about it. I, in fact, I don't even know what happened to all his stuff. I was never involved in it. Oh, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> so, see, that's, see, that's one of the yeah. main reasons that I got this storage unit. God forbid if something happens to me, Sherry has the key. You know what I mean? So it, well, it's, it's all it, made, it made me wonder, Chuck, now that you say that, it made me wonder if she just probably let the thing go and somebody just, uh, you know, grabbed onto the loop. Yeah. Same thing with the guy down in uh, Texas, LB. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you guys don't know who LB is, his name is LB, but he used to send catalogs that were 50, 75 pages. But all he did was he would take a scissor, cut up and paste it onto a piece of paper and photocopy the page. I mean, if you're talking about cheap made catalogs, mm -hmm. yeah. that was one of them. But you know what? He was in business for a long time. Yeah. Always sold wooden nickels. 
The guy passed away. I know wooden nickels. He always tried to sell me wooden nickels. I'll never forget. But one of the things that was funny is when the guy passed away, the guy that took over the business, I don't think he had any family, was his worker, one of his employees. Yeah. And um, as you know, then uh, you know everything went through the wayside. And here's the funny thing about it: most of these people had the seven foot Frankenstein, the seven foot Dracula. I mean, six foot now. Um, Bony the skeleton, original plastic versions and stuff. I know LB did because he was going to send me four, and I what? sent at the time twenty dollars for the four, five for each. And when he was sending it over to me, he passed away the following week. And I called the uh, up and I got his employee, and he said, "Oh, I see your package here. I'll send it to you." Oh yeah, probably someday. <laughs> far future. <laughs> I might get it, but that was that was back in 2010, probably. Ooh. Um, it's on its way. Point, it's on its way. Yeah, but yep. the point is, you know what, guys? To be honest with you, there's really nobody alive. It's like everybody's gone. So, uh, you know, yeah, the generations. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, one, one quick note: when uh, Robert Houdin died, the uh, the famous French magician, his uh, widow was still alive, and uh, Houdini, who was actually uh, uh, he was fascinated with uh, Robert Houdin, you know, he contacted the widow. He, he actually went to visit her from my understanding and she did not accept him very well. You know, she said, leave me alone. Don't want me. Yeah. So that maybe that's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the creation of the unmasking of Robert Houdin. Yeah. 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 So she was probably mad. I guess she got wind of that because in 1908. Oh yeah. He uh, took her his name. Or... He, he, well, he accredited Robert Houdin oh. and uh, said that he didn't actually build the stuff that he, claimed he did and so forth so oh. he, but uh, but the widow was still alive and so she visited he visited her and she didn't want any parts of it in uh, france yeah and huh. she and she was pretty mad well you know? good for her yeah uh, how are you going on time eddie i don't want to go over time here are you okay no we're good on it we got another uh, couple of minutes okay. you know uh when you're saying about robert houdin but it, it does make me think about one thing though that tells you too that Houdini was frustrated that he couldn't get all the stuff he wanted. Just oh, like he today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wow, Amazing. you know when you're mentioning Howard Houdin, it wasn't a you Chuck that recently told me that there was an auction uh, selling Robert Houdin stuff and like that, and that uh, David Copperfield hogged the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, some of his original things do pop up occasionally. And wow. Yeah, from my understanding, uh, David Copperfield has the majority of this stuff. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, he has the majority of of, of his nice. of his things. Now, what wow. John Gauham's going to do with some of these things, I don't know. If he has it in his will uh, to go certain places, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, he, he may have it in his will, him? or he yeah. may have, have it in his will to actually have them destroyed. I mean, sometimes. Oh, I Sometimes good people like that. That's I mean, I don't, terrible. I don't know. I don't know the man. I don't think, honestly, I don't think that it, John Gohan is going to give David Copperfield any of it because I don't think they get along. That yeah, way. so that, so that makes me wonder, you know, if that's going to go to like another, like another person, maybe a private sector. I don't, I don't know. You know, when uh, when John uh, uh, uh from Austria, he had it in his will that when he died back in the whatever the 1800s that his wife should destroy everything oh my uh, yeah but it didn't happen that way because one of his students autocar Fishcar, he, he actually uh I he like was that name. yeah he was able to get a hold of the majority of it oh that's good i hate to see things destroyed yeah and it's stupid to say something like that and get it destroyed you know yeah. you know recently I, I, like you guys know and and I, we all know that 
David Copperfield, the majority of those, you know, anything Houdini and stuff, he'll go in and he's got the money to outbid anybody. So I know. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? But some family or some people came across an original uh, torture chamber, Houdini water torture chamber. Yeah. And I, it was kind of interesting because they had the whole thing taken apart and, you know, redone, like fixed up. And I was looking at it in parts and I'm like, wow. I'm going to try to get somebody to build this for me. So I contacted a couple of carpenters, a couple of meaning like two actually. And one of them said, Eddie, if you give me the time, we'll put one together. We'll do a life-size one for you. The other guy says, that'll cost you $10,000. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, one for $10,000. Yeah, like, I would, I would go with the first one, Eddie. Just give yeah. me time. No, no, no. But the, the, the thing is funny is, well, the first one is my son's father-in-law. Uh, oh, professional carpenter. And um, the second one, though, is kind of funny because I said about a two-foot model. And he's telling me it's going to be about 10000 which is retarded. Because, I mean, that's an absurd amount to even charge. Yeah. That's how a contractor tells you he doesn't want to do the job. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I, I believe that's probably it. I thought yeah. about that because, yeah. you know, it's insane the amount of but, but it's really when you look at it, Chuck, to be honest with you, I think it's something you or me could build. I mean, it's ornated, the outside you would probably need to. But I'm sure that if you go and Google it, I'm sure that they make parts of the outside that you just buy and put on. Yeah. Sure. Um, say, for example, because I, I, I'm always trying to do crazy stuff. I, I was trying to actually build a life-size Ark of the Covenant, the one with Moses. Oh, wow. oh, wow. And I was like, that would be such a cool thing to own. And the reason for that is because I got really pulled in when, because I love In Search Of, <clears throat> you know, all those shows are very popular in my, yeah, my book. And one of the things that I was watching a couple of years ago, I was really like, wow, I wonder what happened to the art. What happened to the art? So I kept, you know, I went around and then Indiana Jones, they did a special for Indiana Jones characters in Target. Right. <clears throat> and excuse me, if you would buy five of them, you would get a free art if you mailed away for it. Now, I bought the five, but then I didn't want to, you know, break the uh, packaging to mail the way for the arc. So I tried my other stunt, which is you call up the company and say, hey, I mailed it in. I haven't received it. Uh -huh. And then they try to fill the, the arc for you. Which, that's, uh, that's, this... the, that's the same trick that guy played on you on eBay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, but, no, no, no. What well, goes around comes around. Eddie. Well, it's, it's not that what the guy played on me. What I did is I never really ordered it. I just call up, uh, say I didn't receive it, and hope that they fill it in. Uh, and believe it or not, it worked. Uh, they sent it to me. Oh my! And, and it's like believe it. It's like twelve. It's a huge art. It's not small. It, it actually yeah. is the size that you could say you could fit a GI Joe in it, like oh, the big okay. GI Joes. So it's a shoebox. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And then I went to Chilla Theater and some guy was selling them for $59 and I bought two more. Oh, wow. So I have three. The thing is, if you go on eBay right now, anytime they come up, they're over $350 a piece. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, so then I went ahead and I bought. So my idea was, how about if I get this duplicated in full size? You go to the Bible and it has the exact measurements. Hey, that's uh, the measurements. Yeah, the cubic. You know, it's, it's like a, yeah. you, you actually have the plans on how to build it, right? So exactly. <clears throat> when I did it, um, 
I was going to do it, but then I'm like, where am I going to put it? If I build it, that's three feet. That's a big mm -hmm. area of space and storage to store it. And I decided to just keep it in back of my mind for now. Well, maybe but, maybe in the future. Hey, getting back to that water torture. So if you get a life-size one ever built from Houdini's size, you know what? Keep in mind, he was a very short man. He was like five foot three. So, well, yeah, so it's it's not very big. <laughs> no, the original is only about five foot six, believe it or not. Yeah, wow. yeah, he he was very very little man. Yeah, and and one thing I'm going to tell you, Chuck, I I'm crazy enough. I went to Florida, and I think I told this story before. I got to South Carolina. There was a guy named Lee up down there that owned a huge. I say he owned like 22 acres of land. And he owned the gas station. On the gas station, he had several businesses. One of those businesses was selling lawn ornaments. He sold big, giant giraffes, cows. In fact, it filled the football field wow. with all the stuff he sold. Wow. And I went to the shop. As I'm going to the shop, I see a big seven-foot knight in shiny armor. And I said, oh, wow, man. How much you want for that? Now, it wasn't heavy. It was more like uh, uh, tin. So you could say it was fashion out of like thick tin sheet metal yeah well not not sheet metal it, yeah it was sheet metal but it was more like copper tin whatever anyway i said to him how much you want he says 87 bucks i said what <laughs> i whip out the 87 dollars we tie it to he had it tied in his door and he goes i've had it there for people to come in i've never thought about selling it but, you know, I guess the guy, you know, we have to be friends after every single year, 27 times me driving down. And I would always stop at his place and put gas and, you know, eat at the restaurant right there that he owned. And so, you know, he sold it to me and I put it on top of a 1985 Chevy Celebrity I had. OK, uh, this is probably 1989, the time period, whatever it was. But um, he... Well, we tied it. I, I put plastic garbage bags over it. Not 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 plastic, but they were see-through. Mm -hmm. So in case it rained, because anytime you drive from here to Florida, you're going to hit a storm, you know? And um, coming up through the turnpike, I drove it for over 18 hours on top of the roof. And I stood it because it was kind of funny. I, I had on the trunk, I had a... Um, like that thing you have in the trunk, like the, the thing that comes up like for a luggage rack. Yeah. I put it from there and it, it was standing up like towards the roof, but it was kind of like I had a cannon coming up the trunk to the roof, you know? And I'm passing by, I think it was the Maryland Turnpike, and the lady goes to me, I'm not going to ask you. I'm definitely not going to ask you, but good luck. But it was so funny the way she said that. Everybody in the road was looking at my car. I think if, you know, going back in the day, I should have put House of the Unusual on it. Mm. Yeah. How's that time, Eddie? The time is we have exactly a minute and 30 seconds. Awesome. So uh, just kind of wondering, um, any last words from anybody? Hey, it was a great conversation today. I, I appreciate you guys having us all on. And yeah. I, I yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, having said that, guys, have a great time. God bless. And until next time. All okay. right. Thanks. You too. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. God, God bless. bless. Bye-bye.